Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. I'm your host, Steve, and with me here in the frozen tundra. Uh, it is a recently defrosted EJ. Welcome, everybody. The coldest day of the year yes. so far in Chicago. I mean, it's pretty early in the year, so. Yeah. Cold, certainly the coldest day of the winter. I'd been feeling like we didn't really have much winter, and then all of a sudden, it wintered. I think historically, like, every time we have a December that seems unusually warm, we're punished for it badly in January and February. <laughs> but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so so everybody, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, make sure your tauntauns are okay. Um, you don't exactly. want to get stuck at the outer marker. Or yeah, whatever, they, so. <laughs> that won't last past the second marker, Steve. Yeah, that's right. And I guess you'll see me in hell. That's All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because... We like making things complicated. Today, we have come up to Double Clutch Brewing in Evanston. So this is the furthest we've gone afield. We were joking about that. I looked at the address, and I was like, oh, it's on Ashland. It's in Evanston. This can't be too far away, but it's on the other side of Evanston. Yes, it is a long, long um, drive It's a bit Ashland, of a hike. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, it's nice to be here. Nice to try someplace new. We haven't done that yes, in a bit. Yes, it's been a while. Uh, we ran into the uh, some of the folks from here uh, recording one of our other podcasts at Spiteful. And we said, we're definitely going to make it up there. Definitely going to do it. It did take us some time to do it. And of course, they had offered us a free beer and said, hey, let us know when you're coming. And I totally forgot all of that. Yep. So uh, we're up here. I think we'll end up coming back. It's a beautiful space. Um, German-style beers primarily. The tanks are, are right here, right exposed. We had... The best pretzels we've had yes. in a long, Yes, and you know we love time. the pretzels, but they uh, do a particularly nice job. I like the cheese sauce with it. It's very, a little, little jalapeno in there, I think. It's very nice. And the mustard was great. Well, yeah. let's get into it, man. Let's we've got a lot to it. talk about. Yeah. Um, All right. And, and again, in the sort of, you'll hear us talk a lot about legal things right now because they're all hilarious in a good way. Yes. Um, and, and we're going to start with Wayne LaPierre. I mean, is there anybody you wish more bad things for outside yes. of Donald Trump than Wayne LaPierre. I mean, like, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> America's mayor. <laughs> uh, no, he's no. working on He's already, yeah, he's, he's well taking care of himself. Roger. St- I mean, I could go on, Yeah, but he's on the list. He's definitely on the list. Uh, yeah. So apparently he's uh, finally uh, resigned uh, from the NRA effective at the end of the month. Uh, and this all relates to uh, Letitia James, uh, my favorite, uh, my current favorite state attorney general. Uh, who's Daniel Nessel would like a word, but that's fine. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apparently he was he's being prosecuted for corruption. Uh, millions of dollars spent on private jet trips, meals, private security, you know, all the usual perks of the job at a nonprofit. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, cracking down on nonprofits that are fraudulently using their donations. I, I'm, all, I'm here for it. It's great. Couldn't happen to a nice organization. And remember, they had tried to just fold and move to Texas. <laughs> and a judge blocked them from doing that. Yeah. And this also came out of testimony by Oliver North. I mean, like, just think about the insanity of this, right? An organization that was originally founded for hunters and sportsmen that turned into this culture war machine being brought down by Oliver North, of all people. (laughs) Of all people. So that trial starts in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. Uh, But Wayne LaPierre, uh, happy trails. uh, Nice knowing you. Not really. Uh, Not really. 
I hope more bad things to come. Yes. Wayne Lapierre. Yes. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts uh-huh. and prayers. Uh, and, and again, because we're occasionally an aviation podcast, <laughs> thanks to your family's history in aviation, yes. you want to yes. pick up this um, with our friends well, at Boeing? you know, here's the thing. Let me, let me share my experience of this. Is I was uh, flying on a trip to Vegas. I was going to go to Vegas, and I'm like, what's my plane going to Vegas? And I look, and it's a 737 MAX, and I immediately lose my mind. I'm like, ah, shit. And I'm like, well, let me Google this and see if there's, like, what's the current state of this thing. It's like, I couldn't find anything about the MAX 8, but on the MAX 9, I saw something about an advisory to, like, check the bolts that are part of the rudder assembly of the planes. And I'm like, okay, I hope that's only a MAX 9 thing, and the MAX 8 is fine. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I got to Vegas in one piece. Everything's fine. I'm in Vegas, and EJ's like, hey, did you check the news about the Max uh, <laughs> 737 uh, <laughs> Series 9 or whatever? Uh, and apparently I had not. Uh, but, uh, yes, the door plug on a 737 Max 9 failed in midair. It was a, which, which airline? Hawaiian was Airlines. Hawaiian Airlines. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Alaska. I knew it was one of the. No, no, no. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah it was, it was Alaska. Alaska. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. One, of, one, of the, one of the 50 states. I don't know. One of the non contiguous. One of the not really 50 states. <laughs> exactly. You know. One of them non contiguous. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, losing air pressure in the cabin, et cetera, et cetera. Not really good. Panel yeah. blowing off. Not really good. Not, not uh, ideal. Not ideal. Uh, so yeah, Boeing has not had a good run lately. No. Um, no, they have not. Yeah, so they've uh, they've officially grounded all of the Max Nine jets. Uh, that's 170 jets worldwide. The FAA has has grounded yeah. them, um, and they're investigating all of Boeing's quality control practices and all of that good stuff. And and it seems like what happened was there were some bolts that were supposed to hold it on that weren't really tightened down, which sounds a lot like the problem that was happening with the rudder too. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm glad those are on the ground because uh, I don't think I'd want to fly on. Actually, I know I would not want to fly on one. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And of course, everybody does that. They go like, look at their air carrier of choice. Like, do we have any Max Nines? Right. So I'm uh, an American no. guy, so no Max Nines. Yeah. Now, if you're a Southwest guy, you probably screws you because uh, they do nothing but 737s at uh, Southwest. Um, now, why are we talking about a? Boeing in a politics podcast. I mean, obviously, Boeing has some government contracts. But uh, the other thing is, you know why all of this happened? Because of DEI, everybody. Because Boeing was trying to hire too many people who were, you know, not white men. And so that ruined everything. That's what I'm told by the Fox News analysis of this. Uh, I'm going to guess it's more corporate corruption, uh, cutting corners and selling uh, shares or buying back shares of your stock rather than making things. Uh, I suppose we'll find out. The deep state will investigate and we'll find out more. Well, and I think, (laughs) you know, I think they've already started to track it down to a supplier, subcontractor. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. And that was one of the big controversies with how Boeing has operated the last, you know, few years was they are subcontracting the hell out of everything because... That's more efficient, according That's to That's the faster somebody. way to do it, right? Yep. Okay. Well, let's move on from doors blowing out of planes <laughs> and talk about what I thought was easily the funniest moment. Not single moment, but, you know, a couple of hours on the Hill oh, this yeah. week. Oh, yeah. So the House Judiciary Committee was holding a hearing about whether or not to hold 
Hunter Biden in contempt right. for not wanting to show up to for ignoring a subpoena for a closed door interview. Yes. And if you've been following the news, of course, you know, it's like it's it's the, all of this comes down to he's like, well, you can interview me in public, but I don't want to be interviewed in private. So, OK, fine. Um, so. So how did Biden respond to this? I assume he just made a press release or something uh, or a, a spicy tweet, perhaps a truth. Uh, no, he didn't. Didn't truth. He didn't thread it. He just showed up with his lawyers. Oh, to the hearing. Okay, so he's there to testify. Cool, great. Uh, so, well, how was his testimony? Uh, yeah, of course they did not allow him to testify, but it was just a beautiful move to see him walking in there, to see him walking in to the to the session and sitting there with his attorneys. Uh, I feel I feel I have to note at this point that we are you know I was at a bar. Uh, there is currently a football game going on. To be clear, soccer. Is what I mean. But anyhow, uh, that may have been why that person was. Actually, I'm kind of enjoying this because the guy's in a Raiders, in a bunch of Raiders gear, watching football, but not Raiders football because Raiders, Raiders aren't in the playoffs. No, they're not playing. As I well know. That's true. That uh, is true. Um, so he comes in, and immediately the Democrats are like, hey, let's have, let's, he's here to testify. Let's, let's have him testify. Can we have him testify? And. They're like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. Wait, wait, no, 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 we can't. What are you doing? We're not ready for it, man. Yeah, we're prepared. not ready for it. Like, it was amazing. Yeah, to be fair, you know, it's like you plan out your day and somebody throws some random shit on your schedule and you're like, ah, I don't want to do that. That's Jim, annoying. Jim Comer had no idea what to do. So, of course, <laughs> good old Nancy Mace of New York gets up there and she's like, I've never seen such white privilege before in my life. Yes. Well, I mean, she's a black woman, so you would... You, you would. Uh, oh, she's not. Uh, no. Latino? Asian? No? No, no, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Oh, she's Republican. Never mind. What am I talking about? And, and like, the, the Democrats, I think, really played this very well. Hunter Biden sat there the whole time. He didn't say anything the entire time. He just waited for Marjorie Taylor Greene's turn to speak, and he just got up and gave her the F.U. walk out. Uh, right before she decided to pull up some more, uh, some more pornography of it. Right. Yeah. Because that's that's relevant. And what's doubly funny about that is that Nancy Mace's little tirade about his white privilege. She also said, and I quote, "You have no balls." Which then, of course, she was You've contradicted. Yeah, they like, got them right there. Just showing they're you right in, here. They're in the congressional record. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They should have had that stricken because they're literally in the record. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so he didn't, he didn't testify. Uh, they did hold him in com- contempt, though his lawyers came back later and said, like, look, you have to reissue the subpoena because you had said you were issuing the subpoena as part of an investigation into a, an impeachment that hadn't been authorized by the House yet. So they said it was an invalid subpoena, whatever. Eventually he is going to come in. And testify, but it was really, really nice work, I think, by the Democrats. Yes. But yeah, so the oversight judiciary committees have recommended to find him in contempt at this point, uh, which would be very weird to be held in contempt, even though you were actually in the room. But, you know, hey, it is. Well, I mean, but here's the thing is they find him in contempt and then they refer that to the DOJ and the DOJ just goes <laughs> and they move on. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't. 
Maybe there will be another special counsel, right? Special counsel Palooza. Right. Well, that, that's you know what? That's exactly what happened. Is Garland will be like, hey, I'm going to have a special counsel investigate this, and somehow that'll all go terribly. I don't know. Well, it wouldn't be bad to appoint one, have a the Democrat administration appoint a special counsel if there needs to be one, because it's much better than leaving it to chance yeah. in February of next year. Well, there's that. Day one dictator. All right, so now I think we can easily move into talking about tomorrow's activities, because today, ladies and gentlemen, is... Caucus Eve. Yes. If you, and, Caucus and, Eve. And, and a happy Caucus Eve to those of you who celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yes. We had the last Republican debate before the Iowa caucus, and they were down to two people. Yes. You'd think two people who have a chance to win. No. No. No, no. Uh, yeah, But it was Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis were the uh, last ones standing. Um my favorite thing about this is Vivek ran an ad during that debate telling people to take your remote and turn this shit off. Like, literally said that. They censored the ad because it's on broadcast television, but that is what he said in the ad. Amazing. Um, you know, went on his standard, like, you know, it's all a deep state media conspiracy, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Just the censoring or the whole thing? Yeah, so yes, um, we're going into the caucuses tomorrow. It's going to be super, super cold. Um, uh, what they're saying is the coldest caucus day on record. Yes. Perhaps. Minus six degrees at 7 p.m. And here's the thing that's funny about caucuses is that the caucuses, like, you have to be there at a certain time, right? Yes. It's like not like regular voting where it's like you show up anytime during the day or possibly during several weeks. Um, apparently the soccer game is going well. Um, and, uh... The thing I'm struck by is that the Bill Steelers game has been moved to Monday afternoon. Right. Starting at 3.30 Central Time, if I remember correctly. So there is at least some chance that the football game may interfere with turnout for the caucus. I don't, I don't know how which many Steelers. Which is super weird. but There are probably no Bills fans in Iowa. Steelers fans, though. But Steelers fans, we're everywhere. Yeah. We're obnoxious and so everywhere we go. I wonder to myself, who are the people who would stay home to watch football versus who are the people who would show up to a high school gym in the cold? Uh, and I'm wondering if that might be maybe favors Haley. I don't know. I mean, uh, the Santa fans, you figure they're all from Florida, so they're, they're not going to do that. Uh, there are no. Uh, so the latest <laughs> polls have shown that there are no DeSantis supporters. Oh, that's true. Right. They've all bailed out on him. Um, Haley's clearly in second. Still think she has a chance, and if we recall from a couple of weeks ago, I thought she was the best one. To, she was the one who had the best chance in Iowa. It's not a great chance. Saying there's a chance. Um, she doesn't have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> not really. No, not really. But maybe, but not really. They, a really interesting poll this week came out that said that Haley supporters, like almost half of them, if, they, if Haley is not on the ballot as the Republican candidate, they will vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. And another 20% of them will vote for Kennedy. The question I have is, of those people, how many of them voted for Biden last time? So is Biden losing those people to Kennedy? Uh, that's an interesting question. So I don't know. Uh, Not that I was in play anyway, right? Well, right. But, I mean, it may represent just sort of overall yes. some sense of 
demographics. Yeah. Of I, I think it is a question of where Kennedy is pulling votes yeah. from. I am hoping from the Republican Party. Yeah, I mean it'll be a, it'll be Dying. some percentage of both. But so then, uh, yeah, the other thing that's interesting is uh, Chris Christie dropping out, which is not out. really surprising. Not uh, surprising. The timing is interesting, though. It's like why not stick around through Iowa, New Hampshire? Yeah, maybe he ran out of money. Um, one thought was that maybe he was intending to have his supporters back Haley as sort of the Trump alternative. But then he goes out in a hot mic <laughs> and, you know, he knew it was hot. Oh, yeah. And this says is not that, an accident. Says that Haley mic. is going to get smoked and that she's not up to this. Trump, of course, endorsed Chris's uh, uh, statements there. So, yeah. But the no labels party is evidently pursuing him. To oh, be Jesus their Christ. candidate. <laughs> I mean, just, I'm just, only just, laughing because I don't like to cry in pu- public. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow. Yeah, so Trump's going to win. Haley's going to be second. Yes. I think it's going to be closer than people expect. I think it is going to be exactly as bad as people expect it to be. Give or take the, the Steelers fans. <laughs> Give or take the... I don't want to speculate. I expect the turnout is going to be extremely low, though. Yeah, I think so, too. So it'll just be the true believers who show up, which you would assume is Trump fans, but I don't know. They yeah. also might just be like, oh, he's got it. So don't his inevitability might actually hurt him. I, I think so, too. I think that that is going to be a thing across the board for him. Um, like low turnout ends up yeah. making his opponents a, a little stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, um, and speaking of primaries in the ballot, um, we did have some movement this week about uh, the cases in you know from both Colorado and Maine, where uh, Donald Trump has been ruled not eligible for the ballot, but still on the ballots because they don't want to take him off prematurely because they knew it was going to be appealed. Anyway, the Supreme Court has agreed to take those cases. Um, which is a big deal, and maybe the bigger deal is how fast they decided to move on that. Yeah. So briefs are all due. I think the petitioners' briefs are due in a week. Um, then the opposition briefs are, are due a week and a half after that, and oral arguments are on the 8th of February. You know, all of the smarty pants uh, Supreme Court folks are saying that not only is this a super fast pace, but they would expect a ruling from them very quickly. And one would expect that that ruling is going to clarify things across the country. I mean, like, certainly the Supreme Court doesn't want to have to deal with 50 of these. Right. And so then the question becomes, do they say, all right, we're going to federalize this and let each state kind of figure its own thing out? Are, are they going to legislate from the bench and establish what the standards are and what you have to do in order to validate in each state. Um, some states have rules that say you can't take him off, you know, take a presidential candidate off the ballot. Like there was one, I forget who they were talking to, but it was a, talking to a Republican governor who was saying he was going to take Biden off the ballot. And it was like, well, or is it maybe the secretary of state? So he's going to take yeah. Biden off the ballot. And it's like, uh, you can't do that. Like the Constitution of your state says, you can't do that. Yeah, I think that was Missouri. <laughs> yeah, Missouri. Right? Okay, yeah. That well, was he's it. like, well, I'm going to take him off because uh, there's been uh, you know accusations of of insurrection by him. Yeah, like whose accusations? Well, the lieutenant governor of Texas. That was his. Like, right. So yes. So like, that's your that's your yes. r- rationale. Well, in other places like Michigan, 
the primary, the way the rules are, the laws are written in Michigan, the primary ballot is is not public. It's not really owned by the Secretary of State. Yeah. And so it's owned by the Republican Party, and they've kind of there said, like, come talk to us for the general. Yeah. Which causes all kinds of other problems, right? You could, right. You know, so they could nominate Trump, and then the, they could get kicked off the ballot, right. even and then though he happens? won the nomination. Or what happens if Trump gets on the ballot and, God forbid, wins, and then yeah. the Supreme Court says, actually, he's not eligible to hold office? Right. Then what? So there is a certain. There is definitely a logic to like making a predetermination to say like, is does this make sense or not? And my hunch is it's going to be either one of two things. It is going to be he's on the ballot, or it is we're federalizing this. Each state figures out their own shit, and we're we're going to wash wash our hands of it. Um. No idea. No idea. No idea. Uh, I I I kind of lean towards the former. I think that's probably the more likely solution. Yeah. But, I, again, not for metal of law or understanding what's behind everything, mostly from a perspective simply of the pragmatism of the court. Um, and I, I, I'm just – the pragmatism of this court is just kind of a hilarious concept. But go yeah, on. Well, <laughs> because when you kind of compare that to the next thing, which is – the immunity case that's winding its way up to them that yeah. will get to them, right? So Trump claiming he has absolute immunity for any even quasi-official acts while in office, you know, that went through um, a pretty amazing appeal process this week with a three-judge panel in D.C. So the D.C. Circuit, um, sort of the premier, you know, federal circuit court, um, three-judge panel, uh, Karen Henderson, uh, who was a H.W. Bush appointee, uh, and then Michelle Childs and Florence Pan, who are Biden appointees, you know, hearing this case, you know, essentially the Trump team has been arguing, well, look, he's got immunity uh, from any criminal prosecution as president, um, absolute immunity for anything. Unless he was impeached and convicted. Right. Well, and then they said, well, and... The only remedy is for impeach and then commit convict conviction, and then after that you could bring criminal charges based on you know some words that are written in the impeach you know in the impeachment judgment clause, which essentially says you know I think the intent of it is to say the the Senate and the House can go through a political process, but not. A criminal process. Right. So when you read that plain language, it says, look, the the impeachment process can only punish somebody by stopping them from holding office. Yeah. It can't punish them criminally. That's a separate thing. But the Trump team is trying to argue that, well, in fact... Um, that basically, like, anything you do in office is effectively the office... And so as long as you are left in power in the office, then then you can do whatever you, can you want. You do whatever you want. You can shoot the proverbial person on, uh, on, on Fifth, Fifth Avenue. Avenue. And what was interesting was the questioning from the, the panel of judges, both, you know, all three of them um, were, I would say, highly and deeply skeptical <laughs> A bit. of Trump's arguments. And they were asking questions like, okay, so tell me this. If... Uh, the president 
has a conversation with uh, his military commanders. That's, you know, one of his duties, correct? Yes. Okay, so what if they ordered SEAL Team 6 to take out their political rival? You know, through a conversation with their, you know, you said it was part of their, their, uh, their official acts, right? Yes. Okay, so is that legal? Could they get away with that? Like, oh, no, they'd be impeached immediately and convicted immediately, and then you could try them. Like, hold on, hold on. Well, what if they just immediately resigned? Yeah. And, 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 and the attorney for, for Trump would not say on the record that, oh, no, no, he's fine. You can, he can do whatever he no, wants. No, he did say that. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. He did say that. Like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. If, they, if he left office right away, then, yeah, you could not prosecute. Um, and then oh, they yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they came at it in a different way. That was, you know, sort of the show the absurdity of it. Um, and then they came out in a different way and said, well, okay, but what if he is, what if the president is impeached and convicted, then you could bring criminal charges? And he's like, yes. I'm like, well, doesn't that mean there is no absolute immunity if there is no immunity? And he's like, well, yes, but I, but you know. <laughs> and then they came back and said, yeah, maybe a third question to ask you is, do you remember during the impeachment hearing when uh, your client's attorney said, hey, you don't need to convict him because this is really a criminal matter now and this should be up to the Department of Justice to bring charges. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the poor attorney, I say in air quotes, for Donald Trump. Had yeah, to say I mean, like, if you're working for Trump, like, yeah. I mean, I had to say, like, well, that wasn't me. It was some other attorney. Right. So that it, it's a very difficult position to say, you know, well, six months ago, we were arguing one thing, and now we're arguing something else. Six months ago. God, it was three years ago. <laughs> Time's <sighs> a flat circle, my friend. Time uh, is a flat cir- circle. So yeah. everybody agrees. I think the, the overwhelming consensus is this is going to fail. Donald Trump is going to appeal to the en banc circuit, which means everybody would they, they'd ask everybody to hear it, though the circuit doesn't have to agree to that, and then to the Supreme Court. Um, because it's the D.C. Circuit, uh, my friend and yours, Chief Justice Char- John Roberts, uh, spoiler alert, he's not our friends, um, <laughs> would decide whether or not to reject it out of hand, accept yeah. it, or bring it to the whole court. Um, you know, I heard you know some folks speculating this week that the... Uh, <laughs> That the Supreme Court will take this case and rule against Donald Trump as the counterbalance to the ballot question. Like, okay, he gets on the ballot, but he's not immune from prosecution. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I I, I did want to touch on one other thing that came out this week that was really interesting that relates to this case, but not to this appeal, which is the testimony of Dan Scavino. Yeah. Um, who is, you know, I think I think he started as a caddy at a golf club and he was the White House director of communications or something like that. Right. Like essentially Twitter guy. I mean, you know, that's a good start. You know, you have to communicate to people which which sure. driver they should use. So, you know, so he was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. He refused to testify. Um, he did give testimony to Jack Smith's team. And we're getting some details about that testimony. And a lot of the details we're hearing are about 
what happened on January 6th. And Dan Scavino and all of these other aides sitting with Donald Trump, who was had his hand, his hands on the table, his head on his hands during January 6th, during the riot, trying, begging him to send something out calming. Yeah. You know, like, hey, don't, we, we need to calm this down. This is terrible. You can't. And instead, he just didn't respond to them, except to say that Pence deserved everything he got. They walked out of the room, and he tweeted about Pence not having the courage to do what was necessary, to which they all flocked back into the room to try to presumably take his phone. Yeah. And the, the amazing thing is they've got all of the both Twitter records and this testimony kind of showing his behavior and evidently said like, oh, well, Mike Pence uh, in mortal danger. Yep. Sucks to be him. Too bad. He deserves it. You know, I was thinking is like, how different is all of this if Trump's security detail doesn't stop him from going to the Capitol on, on January 6th? Because, like, all of this plays out after he had been, yeah, that's true. you know, relocated back to the White House and he was just kind of letting things unfold. Like, if he'd actually been, you know, at the doors of the Capitol, like, the case is certainly a I mean, Different. it's not that the case isn't already clear, but it's a hell of a lot clearer if he's actually yeah. physically present for yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say, I didn't know it was violent, or I yeah. didn't want to be violent, if you're there and you're, right. you're witnessing it. You have the literal pitchfork in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man. So, really good testimony. It tells you the detail, the level of detail that Jack Smith's team has, and probably the kinds of things that we're going to see come out yeah. during the trial, if it ever happens. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got a choice we got? here. Do we want to go other Trump legal stuff or do we want to talk about Lloyd Austin's prostate? I think uh, let's talk about Lloyd Austin. I think we got enough <laughs> Trump stuff. I think we're good. I think, uh, I think we're good. Although there are some other funny Trump stuff. It was a bad legal it. week. It was a bad legal week. Yeah, but yeah. let's talk about Lloyd Austin who, you know, when you miss work. Do you tell somebody that you're missing work? Or do you um, just, you're just not? Yeah, you usually, yeah. I mean, at yeah. least, you know, post a, you know, update my email so it yeah. says, hey, I'm out of the office. Maybe or put it in put Slack. A little, put my Slack profile uh-huh. and update say, uh-huh. hey, I'm out of the office. Lloyd Austin was in the ICU. Yeah. Didn't tell anybody. Huh. That's interesting. That's and what does Lloyd Austin do? He's uh, just like uh, some, some kind of functionary or yeah, secretary of defense. One of those two. Oh, oh, he's secretary of defense, huh? It I, seems like an important job. It, it seems like if you were not in your job, you should let somebody know about that. Did he? No. no. He did not. So Lloyd huh. Austin evidently has prostate cancer, which is terrible. And um, So he went in, he had surgery, and then he had to go back to the hospital due to complications from that. And he was in the ICU. Yeah, having a lot of pain and okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, feel for him. Feel for him. Yeah. But he didn't tell anybody. Yeah, that's not right. And that's not good. No, no. And, you know, you don't like to agree with Fox News or House Republicans, but when they're like, he kind of needs to go, I, for one, agree with them. On this point? Yeah, I mean, it's like I, uh, if he had, I mean, you know, if he was having some troubles because of, of his prostate and whatever and was, you know, in, in was, you know, taking time off or whatever, like that in itself is perfectly fine. Totally reasonable. Should yeah. happen. But, yeah, you got to keep people in the loop. I, I mean, 
how that's like you... that's like 101 like i'm in a job i'm taking time off i tell my manager yes. now your manager might be the president but you still got to tell them and when they're talking about it they're like he's a deeply private man don't Fine. care Fine. don't care <laughs> yeah not relevant right when you're the secretary then you, perhaps defense. you shouldn't be in public office yeah exactly uh, hey and anything going on that the secretary of defense might care about yes yes there are several Quite things a lot. many lots things. Of things several things lots uh, lots apparently of things. authority was officially passed to deputy defense secretary kathleen hicks but he didn't tell her <laughs> so like there was some somebody obviously knew like there was clearly some memo somewhere that said by the way but nobody who actually needed to know really knew. So, yeah, terrible. I, I, I mean, and I say, how weird would that be? You know, you're, you're just doing your job someday, and somebody starts calling you, and is like, talking to you about things your boss is usually responsible for, and he's like, oh yeah, no, your boss is gone. So anyhow, and just starts going on like nothing, yeah. like brutal. And you're not brutal. even trying to invade or blow up anybody. I think they need to get rid of him immediately. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Just get it over with. And of course, the Republicans will will block nominations and whatnot. But yep, yep. And maybe that's a good thing. Be able to put point at you know we're not even talking about how worthless the Republican Congress is, but um, yeah, any any chance we can get to show how bad they are at legislating is a good thing. There is that. Uh, let me just touch on some very funny and good Trump legal stuff. Um, and I I really just want to kind of key in on a few things here. One, he had sued the New York Times for defamation. That case was thrown out, and now he's been ordered to pay $400,000 in damages, or the legal fees, back to the New York Times. You know, New York Times, do I want them getting money? No, but on balance, is it slightly better? Sure. Civil fraud case wrapped up. Closing arguments this week. Uh, Donald Trump wanted to testify, uh, do his own closing uh, the, dr- the judge said, sure, you just need to follow these rules and very restrictive rules like <laughs> it has to be relevant to the case and based on fact. And Trump wouldn't agree to those well, rules. Well, you got at least half of it possible. Yeah. but <laughs> So the judge said, well, if you're not going to agree to those rules, you can't do it. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth in emails. And you'll see the emails clipped out in interesting ways in, in Twitter. But it ended up happening where Trump just got up and started ranting and raving for, you know, five or ten minutes in court without the permission of the judge, but the judge let him do it. And he proceeded to admit to the fraud. <laughs> like, just getting up there like, sure, I mistook, <laughs> this, I, I mistook the square footage of my penthouse apartment. Sure, yeah. yeah. I thought it was 30,000 square feet and it was 10. That was a simple mistake, Your Honor. It was a simple mistake. Anybody could make that mistake. Yeah. Real estate moguls, real estate geniuses don't know what a square foot is. <laughs> Come on. Who would know? <laughs> who comes up with these anyway? Yeah. I mean, my feet are very small. And so, you know. <laughs> it's hands. Small hands. Small hands, small <laughs> feet. You know, it looks very big to me. So he screwed himself there. Maybe um, this all comes down to just the hands thing. Is like yeah, maybe so used to making up for the small hands that everything else gets out of control. And then the last thing is the Eugene Carroll "Show Me the Money" Part Two case is about to kick off, and Donald Trump tried to get rid of all of the expert testimony from Eugene Carroll's side um, and failed miserably at that. So of that course. all blew up. Um, there are a couple really interesting 
witnesses testifying, including one person who testified at Rudy's most recent defamation trial, and it was like kind of the linchpin for the monetary award. So it's a Michigan State professor. Going to be super interesting. Um, and then Donald Trump also is now restricted on what he can bring up in the case. The Eugene and Carroll's lawyers kind of came and said, like, look, we think you shouldn't be able to talk about these things. Um, and it's, you know, things that are irrelevant to the case. The judge agreed with those things. So that restricts the messaging that uh, Donald Trump's lawyers can use. And remember, this case is not about fact. It's all about damages. So yeah. good times. Yep. Good times. Uh, so Can we just talk about Roger Stone briefly? <laughs> our, her favorite Nixon tattoo uh, uh, bearer. I mean, I mean this guy. <laughs> so a recording came out this week that is purportedly between... Sal Greco, former NYPD police officer who was working security being paid by Roger Stone and Roger Stone at a place in in Florida and Roger Stone can be overheard on this this tape and full you know full disclosure he claims it's deep faked so we'll call it an alleged recording I guess um, saying we need to kill Swalwell or Nadler and it needs to happen before the election so they know what's up so it's a recording before the 2020 election threatening to kill members of Congress. I mean, and here's the thing, like, well, that's pretty extreme. And, you know, uh, I could see why somebody would do that as a deep fake. And yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's Roger Stone. Yeah, like, I mean, like, it doesn't seem entirely out of Stone. character for him. Um, well, you know, this is the thing, like, and, and EJ and I were talking about this on the way over here. It was like... Um, I don't know 100% if Trump is really just like wanted to do the I'm the fascist dictator for life thing. But what I do know is the people working for him are totally wanting that. Oh, yeah. So that's what they're planning for. I'm sure he wouldn't mind going along for the ride if they can organize it for him. <laughs> so, I mean, he's just along for the ride. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the beer. Let's talk about the beer. Let's we get more beer because we're out of beer. I'm, 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 yeah. Could do. Let's do it. Let's get more beer. Yeah. Let's pause. Weather update, everybody. Still cold. Still cold. So let's talk about the beer here. Which is also still cold. It is still cold. Still cold. Decided not to go with the hot beer. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, somewhat. One could argue that maybe they think Rausch means hot in German. That's possible. Yes. Uh, which smoky. Speaking of which, is uh, my second beer is uh, their Rausch beer here, which has that smokiness to it. It's a uh, good balance, though. I like it. Uh, and start off with their alt beer, which is delicious. I I, I like alts. Uh, yeah. It was a uh, good example of what the, makes an alt style. an alt. I don't know, but it's good. Glad don't. I could help. I'm sure you could Google it, but I probably could probably could Google it. I mean, it's a, a, I love the German styles up here. Um, you know, again, unfortunately, we just lost Metropolitan, which was another good German brewery. Yep. Obviously, we still have Dovetail. Uh, Double Clutch is bringing it really strong. I had, um, I always judge German breweries by their Pilsner. Um, the first Pilsner was excellent. So I had their Pilsner really, really good. Coming right in around 5%, a little under that. Super smooth, really crisp, really clean. 
Um, crushable could drink a malte. Really nice. And I've just picked up their Kolsch, which, again, a very clean, clean feel to it. Really light. Super happy to be drinking it. Um, I think they do really, really nice stuff here. They've even got a, a, a juicy IPA. So, you know, I think they've kind of, they probably had to cave a little bit and, and do an IPA for, yeah. for everybody else's purposes. But they've got a really good selection beer. It's a really nice space. Again, yeah. the, the tanks are right out here. They have a space that you can rent for private events when we came in here. It was like a huge party for a baby shower yeah. at a brewery. I don't I think the it. baby's of age, but, you know, who knows. Uh, and they have, like, the big garage doors here, so I imagine this yeah. is quite lovely in the summer when it's... Thankfully, they're not open now yes, because, as I said, otherwise, we'd be dead. it's <laughs> minus two Yes, Fahrenheit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you in Europe listening, that's you may really cold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Though I did learn at one point that minus 50 Celsius and minus 50 Fahrenheit, exactly the same. I think it's minus 40. Oh, no, minus 50 is the same, too. I'm, I'm certain of it. Yeah, when we had the last bomb cyclone uh, back in 2017, I was in England talking about this. Anyway. Yes, and I was in New Zealand enjoying summer. Brutal. Brutal. All right, let's anyway. move on. <laughs> Speaking of brutal. Uh, yeah, so uh, U.S. Uh, launched some strikes against uh, Houthis in uh, Yemen. Yeah, Yemen. there you go. Yeah, right. Like, so. I was like, make sure I get that right. Um, and have you been following uh, during the uh, what's been going on in Israel, Palestine? Um, the Houthis have been uh, responding to that by uh, initiating strikes on ships in the Red Sea, and so that's been. And, and it seems that this is a U.S. response to what uh, the Houthi have been uh, doing in the Red Sea. Right, right. and the the sort of conventional wisdom right now is that the I know this is complicated the, the Iranian government is encouraging the Houthi, Houthi rebel, rebels to attack shipping because they want to encourage a broader regional war somehow and there's some possibility that Russia is wanting Iran to do it. It, it could be. It could be. It could be just the Houthi are doing it on their own. Could be the Iranians are telling but them. Probably to do not. It. Could be the Russians are telling the Iranians to do it. Could be the Chinese are telling the Russians to. Yeah. Do it. No. But either way, but, the U.S. Yeah. and the British are now attacking. Yes. Um, yeah, that was something that was a little unclear to me in the headlines. They were talking about allies or, 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 or alliance or whatever, and it was like, who who all is actually involved in this? And I'm not entirely sure on that. I think it's just us and the British. Yeah, it's not really. That's not much of an alliance, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the British and the former British. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Ah. Together again. Um, Together again. Works yeah. so well in Iraq. And uh, so, you know, obviously there's some risk of the conflict expanding. Um, you know, and It's not going to expand. There's well, no way it expands. Well, U.S. says not that they don't mean it to expand, and so therefore it won't, I guess. So you know. I think that's it. Okay. Magic. Um, but, um, of course, now, because of those attacks and global supply chain, everybody, container rates have soared. Yes. Uh, if you recall from our, uh, our recent economics discussions, uh, inflation is something that annoys people. And uh, you, know what, you know what's a good way to cause inflation? Make the cost of transporting goods more expensive. So that's great. Can't wait. Uh, can't, can't wait. Well, can't cut into those profits. You got to pass along the, the non savings to consumers. That's right. Um, 
you know, France, we like the France. Um, they have a new prime minister, Gabriel Attal. And look, it's interesting. It's, it's an appointed position. It's not an elected pr- position. So uh, Macron uh, has appointed uh, Gabriel here, the youngest French prime minister in history at 34, and the first openly gay prime minister of France. Yeah. And like this is it's it's a big deal. I mean, it's a it's a big deal in France. Yeah, um, really yeah. paving the way for the next generation of politicians in France who aren't named Le Pen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's a a, a good potential successor to uh, Macron. Uh, a lot of this was seen as like Macron sort of doing a little bit of outreach because he's obviously had some some problems. Um, so who knows? But uh, yeah, so. Those are the goings on in en France, and, uh, then, and then Taiwan just had an election. Yeah, How'd that so go? William Lai, William Lai, Lai, Lai. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's with the Democratic Progressive Party, which is uh, not necessarily that friendly to China, and this is their third time in a row of, of winning. So. Yeah. Uh, doesn't suggest a, a close alignment of Taiwan happening with uh, China in the immediate future. Um, you know, Beijing views him as a troublemaker, a separatist, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't, I, I don't think this really changes much. It just sort of continues the sort of trajectory that we've been on in the last few years. Yeah, and they, you know, again, as as normal. Um, China had, you know, sort of inferred that things would go badly if you, you know, if you kind of elect the progressive folks. Yeah. And uh, how Taiwan respond to that? Big F you. Pretty much. Um, he did reach out uh, to Beijing in his acceptance speech. And then that prompted also Joe Biden to say, like, ah, you know, I don't really want Taiwan to be completely independent. It's not really separate. Kind of a, an equivocating yeah, statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which nobody was looking for. Yep, yep. Nobody. Um, so that's pretty much our international news. Obviously, the you know war in Israel and Palestine and, and you know all of what's going on in Gaza continues on. Um, it's a messy, terrible thing. <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, Chicago and Illinois news. It's cold. It's damn cold. Real cold. Uh it is real cold. I walked outside this morning, and it was like minus 10, and I walked about half a block, and I'm like, why am I outside? My why house? are you outside? Um, currently, I'm outside my house because I'm doing a podcast, but uh, I will return to my house and then probably not leave there until March. Yeah, and we were promised six feet of snow and whatnot. <laughs> I have and to say. I think the city got none, and the suburbs got snow yeah but i well, did we kind of had I no cleaning sidewalks it was uh you know sort of a ideal that way but uh a little weird a little weird i uh, had uh friends of mine from wisconsin showing me what they're putting up with and it's uh, quite a bit of snow there so anyhow yeah it is what it is uh but the big thing is it's cold and we still have migrants living in buses Yes, it's uh, apparently the state has been you know renting hotel rooms to provide some additional temporary housing uh, during the time of cold. Um, Pritzker has urged Abbott to stop dropping uh, migrants off in Chicago in the winter, which is the most obvious thing in the world. 
um, Abbott, I believe, uh, could be heard laughing evilly from his lair. Uh, He's not a big reader, I don't think. What's that? I don't think he, Abbott's a big reader. No, well, there's that, too. I mean, you got to figure somebody who works for him was like, <laughs> here's what Pritzker's saying. And then, he, and then he proceeded to laugh and then go tell his entire evil plan to some secret agent that he had <laughs> captured. Again, I, you know, we know what his secret plan is. It's to oppose the government, the federal government, at any turn, no matter what they're doing, even if it's good. Yes. Um, you know, what we did see from Abbott this week is that he's had agents from the <laughs> Texas government physically restraining federal border control agents who are trying to help migrants crossing the river. Like, people drowning. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to physically stop you from saving people who are drowning. Yeah. Cruelty is the point. When does Illinois get to invade Texas? I, w- I just want to know. Uh, well, you see, the <laughs> the Pritzker Kanate has to start by taking over probably Kentucky. I mean, it's going to take a few jumps yeah, we got to build down. a little territory first. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's true. And then you got to consolidate territory because we've exactly. seen how it goes in risk if you don't leave too exactly. much uh, forces exactly. behind. Just can't hold Kamchatka. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Kamchatka. <laughs> Kamchatka. Look, it's cold. The caucuses are tomorrow. Uh, visit your local brewery. Warm up in basking and in the glow of some tanks. And if you're in Iowa, don't forget to – actually, never mind. Forget the caucus. It honestly doesn't matter. Uh, watch the Steelers game. Watch the Steelers game, I guess. You know, hey, whatever. Uh, stay safe. Stay warm-ish. Ish. Uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk to you after another 12 terrible judicial rulings for Donald Trump. And at least one caucus. Uh, at least turn. one. Yeah. All right. Take Bye-bye, care, everybody. everybody.